This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I refuse to hate someone because they are Mexican or because they are black or white or LBGTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they are a police officer. I refuse to hate someone because they are Asian. I would hope that we would refuse hate. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Mr. Tyler Perry at the so-called Oscars last night. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. It's Monday. It's a stinking Monday. And the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, So I, you know, I, I had an old man weekend, as I was telling my brother Trey there, and that I did some walking Saturday morning, and it pretty much laid me out on a heating pad for the rest of the day. I was that guy this weekend. Oh, baby, can you bring me some juice? I can't get up. I, I just, you know. So I went to bed uh, fairly. I'm, I'm okay. I just, uh, you know, did, got a little too much exercise, and so uh, which I guess I'm allergic to. Um, so I, I lay down fairly early last night, and I, 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 when I say that on Fridays at 11 a.m. I disconnect from the news, and I don't reconnect until sometime on Sunday. That that's a true thing. My wife is constantly online, so she, any big news stories break or something I need to pay attention to, she lets me know. But man, she forgot to tell me that last night was the Oscars, and so uh, I'm lying here, uh, you know, doing some pre-prep last night, and I actually found out by looking on the websites that it was actually going on. So, so well, let's just see how much I can stand. Well, you know, I got it's my duty as a talk show host to at least cast my eyes in this thing for as long as I can stand, so so I can talk about it. So I, I turned it on. And it was Laura Dern. You know, first off, the, the it's all pandemic-y, you know. So they're they're doing it in a in a. It looks like in a band, like some crappy restaurant in L.A. that nobody goes to anymore. You know what I mean? It's too expensive, and so nobody goes there anymore. So they got people like three tables away from each other in this empty ass looking restaurant, and Laura Dern is there, and it's just boom woke. It's Black Lives Matter, it's Shelvin, it's, it's, you know, woke crap, it's blah, blah, blah. And I just, I made it five minutes. I don't even know what the, I don't even know what award she was giving. I'm not even sure. Well, I watched about five minutes, you know, it was five, it was five minutes of not talking about the award she was giving and five minutes of, of woke preaching from Laura Dern, okay? Who nobody has really given a crap about since she was being chased by dinosaurs back in the nineties. Okay, so I, I, I just turned it off. I made it about five minutes, and that was it. I, I, I don't know what the numbers are going to turn out to be, but I can't believe they'll be very high. It was really just the five minutes I saw was horrible, and so I forgot about it. I just started prepping the rest of the show and stuff, and and then this morning I got up and kind of watched some of the highlights. And uh, first off, uh, Tyler Perry is cool. I like Tyler Perry. I, I don't watch a lot of movies anymore, but I see a Medea movie coming on, and man, I'm watching Medea. I love those movies. 
Those are great movies. And he's the only one that really kind of gets out there with a somewhat hopeful message of, I'm going to turn away from hate, and I'm not going to hate no one. Police officers, Mexicans, white people. But beyond that, I just I had no interest. I, I, for the first time in his career, Anthony Hopkins was the token honky. You know, isn't that amazing? I actually want to see that movie. It's uh, about a man who uh, falls into dementia, and uh, I, I've seen the trailer. It looks pretty good. I haven't seen any of the other movies that I looked at the the winners list this morning, Chris, and I didn't know who I, I didn't know who any of these people were. I didn't know what the movies were. It's probably because I'm a racist, you know. For all I know. But the 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 worst moment uh, arrived when I saw I I don't know why I I forced myself to watch this this morning, but it was the clip of. Glenn Close trying to, you know, brush up her, uh, polish up her street cred there. And uh, Glenn Close, she's not going to be ignored. She's 71 years of age at this time, at this point. And they started playing, what is it, Chris? Da butt. Da butt. They started playing da butt. And uh, uh, she gets up and started, started, it looked like twerking to me. Glenn Close twerking. It wasn't twerking? Uh, not what I would consider twerking, but it, well, I guess... Was it close? Sort of. Why? Because it was, it was Glenn Close. Oh, close. Was it sort of close? It was sort of obnoxious, and uh, I, I, I cannot get the... People, Glenn, first off, you know, snooty white chicks trying to act like they go home and kick back with rap music is, is a little pathetic to watch when you're wearing Armani. You know, it's, it's a little, when you're wearing, when you're wearing more on your body there, Glenn, than most people make in a year, you know, it's a little obnoxious trying to watch you, you know, discuss your love of rap music and Spike Lee movies and, and I, whoo, well, she twerking. Want, she once said she was into twerking when she was in college, didn't she? I don't know why. And she was listening to Tupac with Kamala. Oh, that's Harry Kamala kicking back with Tupac. I can't. I cannot see Glenn Close twerking. I cannot see it. Look, look, I'm twerking like black people, like Cardi B. It was just, oh, just. It was horrible. It was just one of those things that catches in your mind, you know, and it won't let go, like Caligula, you know, like the whole movie, you know, except it was, it was Glenn, Cl- oh, ooh, don't ever do that again, please. And what's interesting to me is they, the Hollywood set and, you know, like most high-dollar liberal pukes, they really have no clue how obnoxious they come off to the rest of us. They, it, they really, it's just, they, they are so adorable and they're so wonderful and they make such wonderful movies for us little people. And, uh, they only hang out with other high dollar entertainment people and they live in this bubble and the, the walls of that bubble were on display last night. They are thick, man. And, uh, you know, I, I watched a couple of other highlights, you know, uh, I forget who the woman was. I think she won director or screenplay. I don't remember, but she was going off on Shalvin, like, well, you know, that trial hadn't gone the way I wanted. I would have traded in my high heels for marching boots. I'm like, you guys got what you wanted, man. What are you, what are you complaining about? The guy's going to go away, man. And, and I thought that's what you, you wanted to, if he hadn't gone the right way. 
They just have no clue how freaking obnoxious they are to the rest of us. And that, it probably mystifies them why their ratings are going down. You know, I'm sure this will break records. The Golden Globes uh, broke records for the least amount of people watching the broadcast ever. And, uh, you know, I, 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 to say it's tone deaf is, is, is you know, that, that's not even enough. It, it, it's tone blindness. It's, it, you know, the tone obliviousness. Uh, and and they just have no they they really do believe that all smart people think the way they do and anybody who doesn't agree with them and plus thinks that they're as adorable as they consider themselves to be they we're just rednecks and racists so i being my old rednecky racist self i i turned it off after 5 minutes i took one for the team though i watched 5 full minutes of it and listened to Laura Dern preach to me about how much i suck and what a racist i am and I, you know, Chris, I wanted a velociraptor just to appear out of nowhere, just bite her head off. I just, yeah, I just while she was going, I just wanted a velo- couple of velociraptors to show up and just make short business of her. That, that's, you know, really, I wanted to see it. Obnoxious with a capital O. O. And I, I haven't seen, like I said, I, I, I don't watch many movies. Uh, again, uh, just so you know what an old fart I am. I spent the weekend on a, on a heating pad. Once again, watching Columbo reruns because I couldn't find anything I wanted to watch on television. And yet these people think that because they make television and movies and stuff that they, you know, are so brilliant and so wonderful and so beloved that it's their job, dudes. It's their job to tell us what pieces of crap we are. It really is. So there's my deep analysis on the Oscars last night. I, I'm fairly certain most people didn't watch it. Uh, but obnoxious was the word of the evening. And what was up with the weird, <laughs> crappy-looking restaurant? It was just weird, man. 210-599-5555, But you know what, though? You and I can sit here and roll our eyes about the freaking Oscars, and we are. But do you realize how much coverage it got? There were no less than nine or ten stories on Fox News this morning. Breitbart, the first third of all the stories rolling off of Breitbart, were all Oscars stories. For something that nobody watches, it sure gets covered a lot. I mean, I just gave it 16 minutes. I just gave 16 minutes of my existence and yours to, to, to Glenn Close twerking to the butt. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Our celebrities full of crap. This is Scott Robbins. Stay connected with News Talk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back to uh, Sean Show Monday. Uh, News Talk five fifty KTSA. The phone lines are open two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. And, uh, yeah, we talked, uh, about this on Where and Rima earlier. If you haven't caught the show, it's, uh, seven to nine, Monday through Friday. And, uh, Dr. Fauci was on ABC's this week at Little Booger, that little keychain. Uh, and, uh, and he's starting to say, well, we gotta wait with the, see what the CDC has to say, but, you know, if you've been vaccinated, uh, the risk of not wearing a mask out of doors is, I think his word was minuscule. 
And he kept going off on, uh, uh, he's just waiting to get some new information from the CDC, the Center for Disease, Con- Centers for Disease Control. And I, yeah, I found that kind of odd. Now, maybe I'm a simple cave dweller here, but this guy's the top virus guy in, in, in the country, if not the world, right? That's what everybody talks about. Why does he hang, why is he hanging on the, uh, <laughs> the opinion of the CDC? He doesn't have his own damn opinion. I think he's gone political. I think he's a weirdo. I think he likes people in masks. I don't know why. Uh, but I, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I got two weeks, uh, a week from Friday, I get my second shot. And, you know, I'm kind of holding off and getting back into my existence until the second shot because at that point, this is about my family. At that point, then everybody under this roof is vaccinated. And, uh, you know, I know nobody's going to be upset or worried about me going out and doing some of the things I used to do. And one of the first things I'm going to do is go up to the hill country and just get back into existence. I want to, I want to go find a church and start going to church again. That's my demarcation. That's the line for me when the freaking pandemic is over, as far as I'm concerned. One, two more weeks. And, uh, you know, I, but Trey and I were talking, and this is interesting because he said that in, in green, uh, and in his neck of the woods, he's, you know, seeing fewer people wearing masks and he's seeing more businesses, uh, that are not requiring that you wear a mask. And so I'm kind of curious because in my neighborhood, honestly, I haven't noticed any difference. I mean, uh, I, I guess there's a couple of places that make it optional. Uh, but you know, we got a subway and there's a haircuttery, uh, down uh, at this plaza, the strip mall, just down the street. And, you know, people are routinely in chairs sitting outside the haircuttery to go in and get their haircut and they're all wearing masks and they still are. Uh, I still see people walking across the HEB parking lot in their masks. I still see people driving by in their cars with their masks on, I, I, you know, there's really no, I haven't really noticed a significant change in my neck of the woods as far as people wearing masks. Now, I don't know if that's because predominantly most of the businesses uh, in my neighborhood are, I guess, franchises, which would have to deal with corporate dictates I, I know the heb still requires them uh, in my neighborhood i go to the heb i don't see anybody not wearing a mask uh and i just i just haven't noticed much of a difference as far as the mask wearing so i'm kind of curious if you have uh call me up and let me know what part of town you're in and if you've noticed or even some of the surrounding towns and if you've noticed people you know starting to take off the masks I, I, I'm kind of hoping they do. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not really too much different because the places that I still go in still require you wear a mask. So I haven't really noticed a whole lot of difference in my existence. Uh, when, when I get my second shot, it's going to be more about me and what I feel comfortable doing uh, in regards to my family and stuff. But I have not, I have not noticed, you know, more people not wearing masks. And again, maybe it's just kind of where I am in the world. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Here's Scooter. Scooter, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm having to sit on my hands so I don't wave at everybody and look like the village idiot. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> I have the same issue sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to be that guy. Everybody's seen that guy. But you know, on the mask thing, I, uh, 
Sean, I, I go all over the country. I, I drive a truck long haul. I'm back oh, wow. every week, and I, I, I see different things in different places. So I put my mask on my neck. I have a very ornate camo thing going on. Right. And then, uh, I, so when I go into a place, you know, it'll say uh, you have to have a mask to enter, or it won't have a sign. So whatever's apropos for that place, but I, I get a lot of it is not just the owner of the restaurant. It's whatever Nazi disciplinarian in that municipality is, is doing, you know, or, or mandating. And, you know, it, it's different everywhere, and it's different in, in Texas. And you see this all over the country, and then you see the places where, no, you, you know, it's like uh, Ronnie up here, uh, right. this guy. You know, he's saying, hey, uh, everybody's got to wear a mask. We're going to put you in jail if you don't wear a mask. Well, you go to places like that, and some people are just worried to death. But they're worried to death just like they're worried about the COVID. And, I, you know, I got it and got over it pretty quick. Right. And it's it's just one of those things that uh, I, I feel that people are adult enough to go out on oh, their I, own. If they're going to take a chance, they go out. I agree. I agree. they I, I, scared, I, I, they stay at home and, and you know, right. up. I, Scooter, thanks for the call, man. Be careful out there. Yeah, I'm sure as you go across the country, you're seeing different things. And I'm just surprised that I'm not seeing much of a difference here but in my neighborhood. But, again, it could be because, you know, it's required in most of the places here in town. So, you know, that might be having an impact. But I, but I still see people in their cars with the damn things on. Uh, where are we? Let's go take a break. Esteban, hang on. We'll come to you as soon as we get back from the break. 210-599-5555. Are you noticing fewer people wearing masks in your neck of the woods? It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. And we're back. Newstalk 550 KTSA. Uh, Sean, happy Monday to you, 940. And uh, we're going to talk about a woman uh, facing felony embezzlement charges after 20 years for a crime she committed apparently she now lives in texas she's from oklahoma i'll explain that in a minute but uh, we were talking about the masks and fauci's out there on uh, cnn this past weekend saying that uh, well you know the cdc might be handing down some uh, some additional uh, thoughts on mask wearing and he was asked you know if you're vaccinated what do you think about wearing masks outside and he said well if you're outside it's minuscule the risk so we're getting there even with fauci uh, but what about your part of the world? I, I mentioned that I haven't really noticed any difference in mask wearing in my part of the world, in my neighborhood. People are still wearing the masks, by and large. Uh, let's go to Esteban on line two. Esteban, how you doing? All right. Uh, a little sore. I'll bite that to your side of the world yesterday. As far as the mask wearing, I attend two churches, and it's definitely going down. Yeah. Uh, my neighborhood never wore that many masks outside. And with everybody being vaccinated or having had the stuff, people are just, when we have a chance, yeah, I'll stick it on at HEB. When I go to the store, I'll stick it on. But like I said, I think I attend two churches, and I think about half of the people are now not even wearing the masks. Well, good. You know, I think that's overall that's good. I, like I said, uh, I get through this next shot, I'm going to start. Looking to find a place, or maybe go out on the Maranatha and Converse and 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 revisit that church. But uh, you know, I, we need to be moving out of this, man. We need to be moving out of this for our freaking yeah. sanity. 
Uh, I never wore a mask while fishing. You know, if I don't be six feet away from somebody, and if I don't be on the bike, I'm not going to wear a stinking mask outside. <laughs> and with the temp and the humidity and all the others and the right. index, the virus is not going to survive. And there's actually peer-reviewed studies saying that a mask outside is basically as effective as pissing in the wind. <laughs> to quote the late, great Jerry Jeff Walker, thank you so much, man. Oh, you're right. And we're also hearing from the CDC, I think the CDC, that, you know, the, the six-feet distance thing really never meant anything, didn't really do any good. Uh, which made uh, Kamala Harris's uh, interview uh, over the weekend with, uh, I think it was Dana Bash, even more bizarre. I don't know how far they had to back that film crew up or the camera guy out because they, they he must have been out in the parking lot to get that wide shot because they look like they're about 30 feet apart. It looked ridiculous. Of course, what was even more ridiculous is what Kamala had to say about the border. It's first off, just so you know, it's not going to be fixed overnight. Uh, she uh, wants to get to the root of the problem, and so she's making calls. She's made a couple of calls to some folks in Venezuela and Mexico about, you know, what's the what, why are so many people wanting to come live here? And what can we do about it? She said, there are two reasons why people uh, come here. Let me see if I can remember them correctly. First off, uh, they're escaping some kind of uh, horrible regime where they live, and they're worried for their lives. Or they're escaping an economic uh, nightmare where they can't provide for their family. So we need to find out. We need to go talk to the farmers in these countries. Not, we don't need to review our own policies along the border or, uh, you know, uh, uh, figure out what to do with all these kids. No, we need to go talk to the farmers in the triangle, the so-called triangle, and I guess give them some money so they can start growing more stuff. You know, I think that's what she's kind of working towards. And the, the thing about Kamala, and I know some of you may hate my guts for saying this, but there, she's just not that smart, man. I watched most of that, that interview, and she is complete gibberish it's just gibberish you have to really kind of sift through about nine miles of pure gibberish to even really kind of figure out what the hell she's saying so she's on top of it you know blah blah stinking blah but again the uh the social distancing on that on that shot there from the dana bass show is a little stupid looking man Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. So you got a woman who who lived twenty years ago, twenty years ago in Oklahoma. Karen McBride, and she eventually moves moves to Texas. She gets married in Texas. Um, she uh, went to try to get a driver's li- a new driver's license because she's got a new, new last name and, and blah blah blah. And plus, she noticed that she'd been had trouble finding work uh, in that she would go to apply at a place, they do a background check, and, and say, no, sorry, your background check came back, and we can't, we can't accept you. Of course, legally, they can't tell you why. And it's been very confusing to her uh, as to what's going on, because when she went to get her li- driver's license here in Texas, uh, <laughs> Uh, she said that, uh, she had an issue, quote, in Oklahoma. They give her a reference number. She looks it up. (coughs) 
She had been charged with federal felony embezzlement of rented property in March of 2000. Because in March of ni- or in, uh, in 1999, allegedly she rented a, a videotape from a local videotape place and never returned it. Uh, she rented a videotape. This was, you know, from a, a, a locally owned, not a blockbuster, but a kind of a locally owned private place. Uh, it was never returned, and the uh, the video place uh, eventually closed down, but not before she was actually, I guess, charged with this. Um, it shows that she was accused of never returning Sabrina the Teenage Witch on VHS uh, from a, a place in Norman, Oklahoma called The Movie Place. So this is why uh, she was getting refused certain job for 20 years, man. Uh, a freaking video. T- and she says it wasn't even her rental because she's never seen a single episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And so what she thinks happens, happened is that uh, she, the guy she was involved with 20 years ago had a couple of daughters. And she believes that they rented... Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch under her name and, and just never took it back. And so she's had a felony embezzlement charge on her record for 20 years. They couldn't just wipe it off. She, it's, it, she has to petition the state of Oklahoma and actually file a suit to get the felony embezzlement charge removed or expunged from her record uh, because uh, of a single copy of a really stupid TV show. So that's life in America in the year 2021. I don't have any. I don't think I have any. I miss the good old days. I'm going to be honest with you. I miss the good old days of being able to go to Blockbuster. There I said it. I think that has been a loss to society, not being able to go to the Blockbuster and, and talk to the nerds behind the counter about what the coolest movies were coming out. I miss doing that. 210-599-5555. Although I think I probably do have a fair amount of library books from Maryland. Now, looking over my bookcase, I probably have multiple felonies as a result. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. Newstalk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. Newstalk 550 KTSA. I'm Sean. Hi. Talk about a little bit more about what Tyler Perry had to say at the Oscars last night. We get back at uh, 10.05. But right now, here to Richard. Line one, Richard. How you doing? Uh, for Monday, pretty good. Sean, pretty good. Uh, hey, uh, I miss the I miss the video place too. But you know, I wonder if you miss the nerds behind the counter, or that little closet behind the counter with the sign on the door that says twenty one and up. Ah, you dirty old man. You <laughs> dirty old man. Only us old guy, older guys, remember there. that little the little room. Uh, it was, this was never in the blockbuster. But it was in the privately owned video stores where they'd have the one room. Remember Don Morgan with the, with the curtain uh, across the doorway? And it said, I'm 21 or older to enter. And you would, uh, not that I ever went in there. Me neither. Me neither. I just wondered not. about it. You know? Yeah, we just wondered what was in there. 
foreign language videos right. where you just imagine. All right, thank you, Richard, you dirty old skis. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, back, I in, in, back in the late 80s, I used to date a girl whose father owned a video store. Oh, yeah? And, and they had the little room out in the back. And the first time I walked in, you know, they had this curtain. <laughs> and the first time I walked in, I said, hey, what's back there? I was just being a smartass. I'm like, hey, what's right. back there? And and he says, well, we call that the boom boom room. The boom boom room. Uh. Remember how you used to, if you wanted to go in there, you got to make sure there's no chicks on that side of the store so they don't see you going in there. And then when you come back out, you got to kind of roll the dice. You can't sit there and look through the curtain. I don't know any of this, but people have described this phenomenon to me who did go into the room with the curtain. All I could picture is you walking out of the boom boom room. And, you know, coming face to face with one of your teachers. <laughs> like somebody I went to church with? Yeah. And she's like, walking in. Yeah, she's, she's walking in. <laughs> and the Swedish stuff is right over there in the corner. It's pretty interesting. I'm just saying. Back in our day, you couldn't just bring up porn on your computer. You had to go into the room with the curtain like a man. But the computer, <laughs> computer was the size of a Buick. The size of a Buick, and you couldn't look at naked ladies. No, you want to look at naked ladies. In my day, you had to go into the room with your head held high, the room with the curtain. By the time slide you slide behind the curtain. By the time you download a photo of a naked lady, she was a hundred years old. That's right. Computers were slow. Don't, slow. don't even bother trying to print it. Don't even. <laughs> that dot matrix stuff doesn't exactly turn you on. You know, I'm just saying. Kids today with your online porn. We used to have to go to the 7-Eleven and buy our porn, and it was all there in the magazine rack behind the long white piece or long pieces of wood. Remember those days? Or maybe I'm just the only one who remembers those days. Probably. Could it be just me? No, because you both made room with curtain jokes, so I feel fairly confident that you both were in that room at one point or another. <laughs> Kids today with your online porn. You don't have to work for anything anymore. You just bring it up there, and there it is. You sick little pukes. Speaking of sick little pukes, did anybody see uh, Glenn Close twerk last night? Did you, Don? Did you no. see Glenn Close twerking last night? No, I totally, uh, totally forgot that the Oscars were on. Oh, you're so much better off. Yeah. Probably, I was probably an hour or so into them when when somebody oh. reminded me of. And, uh, can't Five minutes was all I could do. Before Didn't watch. I had to vomit. So it was very woke. All right, we'll take a break. But Tyler Perry said some interesting stuff. That's coming up next. He usually does. <laughs> I like Tyler, yeah, man. Tyler's too. cool. I love those yeah. I love those Medea movies. <laughs> I do, man. People don't give him enough credit. He's actually a very smart guy. He's an incredible he writes very all that stuff. He's very intelligent dude, man. Because all those Medea movies started off as stage plays. Mm-hmm. Uh as I'm as I understand. So he's, he was a playwright long before he even started doing movies. And, it, you know, he writes him, he produces him, he's a brilliant guy, and he had some interesting stuff to say. That's coming up next on News Talk 550 KTSA. We now know um, that it was murder, uh, and, you know, we didn't uh, need to be told um, by the jury with that guilty verdict. Uh, many of us saw that video and witnessed a lynching. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071.
And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 107.1. Was that Ilhan, I believe, rambling about lynchings and her opinions on things. Uh, the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Now, as I mentioned last hour, I, I suffered through about five minutes of the Oscars, and that was really all I could take. Uh, again, as soon as I turned it on, and it was random. I'm like Don Morgan. I didn't really know it was it was going to be on until I started prepping for today last uh, evening, and turned it on. So let's see how much I can stand because I want to be able to talk about it. And I got about five minutes into Laura Dern being all woke and talking about racism in America and blah blah stinking blah. I turned it off. It was a it was a it was an even five minutes, uh, and then I. Uh, Basically, just got up this morning and checked out all the highlights. And uh, it uh, stands to reason or the prediction uh, being made is this might be a record breaker as far as no one watching. It was a very weird broadcast. But, I, you know, Don Morgan brought up uh, 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 this guy here, uh, Taylor, uh, uh, Tyler Perry, who is uh, actually one of my favorites. I been watching the Medea movies for a number of years, and uh, I, I don't, I'm like Trey, I don't really watch a whole lot of movies anymore because they suck. I mean, when it comes to new movies, a lot of them suck. You know, it, it, whether, unless it's like something that's, you know, good eye candy or whatever, uh, uh, you know, but I know the new Mortal Kombat, Chris said the new Mortal Kombat was really good. But a lot of the movies just, you know, that come out these days are just, are not very good. And so I got out of the habit of watching new movies, so... Uh, I don't like to, uh, maybe it's because also uh, my time has been constrained over the past few years for a number of reasons. And so I I, I tend to want to watch stuff that I know is going to be good, right? Maybe, again, like the heating pad, that makes me an old fart. But I, I just, uh, you know, I watch stuff that I know is going to be good. And pretty much anything with Tyler Perry attached to it, I know is going to be good. He's brilliant. Uh, playing the two different characters in each movie is brilliant. Uh, he writes these things. He directs, I don't know if he directs them, but he writes them. I know that many of the Medea shows were, uh, or movies were actually stage praise, stage productions, uh, beforehand. And I just think he's an interesting guy because he, he, you'll see him on TBN and some of the, uh, uh, religious, uh, uh, channels because he's very open about his Christian faith. Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't call him a straight up conservative. I really don't know much about his, his actual politics. But he's one of those guys that doesn't seem to have a problem voicing, uh, what may or may be, may not be considered to be a, a, an un, uh, a, an unpopular view. And he kind of did that last night. I forget what the award was that he won. It wasn't for an actual movie or recent production. It was, uh, some lifetime thing. Uh, the humanitarian honor. So, because he does a lot of good in the world. And he, Gene Herschalt Humanitarian Award. Gene Herschalt. Okay. Humanitarian Award. And he's talking about, you know, uh, helping people out. And he talks about getting this woman some shoes and stuff. It was a homeless person. But he, moreover, he spends a great deal of time talking about how he was raised by his mom, who he said raised her uh, or raised him with the very basic philosophy of don't hate anybody. And she grew up uh, in the Jim Crow era. Uh, he discusses, uh, you know, his her commitment to, uh, uh, to to civil rights. 
And he, uh, he says this, and in this time with all the Internet and social media and algorithms and everything that wants us to think in a certain way, the 24-hour news cycle, it, may, it is my hope that all of us would teach our kids, and I want, uh, want to remember, uh, want them to remember, just refuse hate, don't hate anybody. He says he refuses to hate someone because they are Mexican or because they are black or white or LGBTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they are a police officer. I refuse to hate someone because they are Asian. I would hope we would refuse hate. And then he talks about this homeless woman he met uh, uh, while, while he was uh, at one of the studios and, and getting her a pair of shoes and and her reaction to that and how that affected him or st- stuck with him for the rest of his life. And I just, you know, it's refreshing because there's so much of the opposite rhetoric that you can talk all the unity you want and all the tolerance you want, but it's extraordinarily hateful. Uh, it's it, We heard a lot of, there was, apparently, like I said, I didn't watch the whole broadcast, but there was a lot of anti-police stuff last night and uh, a lot of Shalvin comments and a lot of social justice stuff. And so what you end up with that, more populist idea of how to live your life is it's it's really not about being a decent human being in the world it's more about letting other people know what a non-racist you are by showboating humble boasting whatever you virtual signaling whatever you want to call it oh i'm a white guy so i must be stinking guilty and tyler perry is one of those guys who's out there saying well we don't hate anybody. It's, you know, <laughs> I don't hate you because you're a cop. I don't hate you because you're Asian. I don't hate you because you're white. I thought, I thought, I thought when he said, I'm not going to hate you because you're white, they're going to cut his feed, you know, at some point. And because a lot of it is very deeply racist and very hateful. I mean, I noticed that this is going to seem like a small thing, and most people probably didn't pick up on this, but uh, ABC News ran a story on what Tyler Perry had to say, and in the description uh, of one of his quotes, and again, it's maybe I'm being I'm not being sensitive, but it's just something I picked up on in their uh, their tweet about this particular part of his his speech, where they capitalize black, they capitalize Asian, they capitalize Hispanic, they capitalize Mexican, and Whitey's got a little W. And see, at the heart of that Hollywood idea of all, oh, it's all just get along and, you know, be ha- is really the idea that it sucks to be you if you're white because you're the problem, you're the cause of everything. You get a little W, Mr. Man from ABC. Which is completely antithetical to what Tyler Perry was saying. Which is, don't hate anybody. Don't hate anybody, no matter who they are. You judge people on that whole pesky content of character stuff, not on skin color, not even on, to a certain extent on what they do uh, for an occupation. I thought it was interesting that he specifically said police officers. I don't hate you because you're a police officer. And, you know, if we're going to be woke, that's the kind of stuff we need to be woke to, the idea that, you know, racism and this kind of surface-level thought really is, at the end of the day, just kind of a stupid way of seeing the world. And it's a stupid way of seeing other people, which is what I say almost all the time. Because it is. It doesn't make any damn sense. It doesn't make any sense to judge someone or to try to determine something about who they are as a person 
because of the, the color of their skin. And by bringing up his mom in the Jim Crow era, he kind of took us back to the reality of the Jim Crow era, which is not something you hear a lot about these days as well, which is these were people who were fighting for a sense of equality under the law to be considered equal human beings and to be protected by the same laws as white people and anybody else. And a lot of people in that movement lost their lives, including the leader of that movement, Martin Luther King. And so in the year 2021, when you start throwing around the words, you know, words like Jim Crow and woke and uh, white privilege, and dog whistles and all this crap, which is really meant to inject racism I mean, Kamala Harris was trying to make climate change racist. The people are coming up from the uh, south into our country because climate change is hurting them, and we created climate change, white America. When uh, people start slinging words around like the civil rights movement and Jim Crow and all that, and yet they're talking about uh, uh, BLM and, and, you know, whether or not a white crayon is racist. You know, you're far from what the civil rights was actually really about, civil rights movement, which really was about seeing people in a different way. Because right now, skin color determines everything. Everything. And the civil rights movement, their 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 aim, their goal was not to emphasize skin color more than their lives had already had that emphasized but to move beyond it and to get to know somebody to determine what kind of a person they are. For me, it's really you're either they're jerks and non-jerks. I guess I see it that way. Jerks and non-jerks ain't got nothing to do, nothing to do with skin color. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. Hi, this is Trey Ware. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back. I want to remind you, KTSA and Kitchen Design by Giovanni presents Serving Those Who Serve. You can win a complete shower makeover for nominating an active or retired service member in your life. Just go to KTSA.com to enter. Brought to you in part by Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat, and AC, uh, AC Institute for Fine, uh, Functional Health. And Helen's money team, Guild Mortgage. And uh, the phone lines are open, whatever uh, you feel like talking about, whatever's on your brain, uh, give us a ring. Uh, we were talking a few minutes ago about Tyler Perry. And also, I, I, I just saw this. Uh, it was MIT. I, had, I was talking about Dr. Fauci a little, t- a little while ago, who said that we still need to uh, hang on uh, uh, or we need to wait and see what the CDC has to say about social distancing and wearing masks out of doors. And he said that on the heels of an MIT report that came out this uh, this past week, weekend, saying that, you know, maybe the, a lot of the social distancing stuff we kind of uh, uh, was, was misguided. In other words, six feet uh, really isn't going to make any difference whatsoever as to whether or not you get the, the COVIDs or you don't. And uh, we'll see. I, I never really got the social di- I'm just being honest. I never really got the social distancing thing anyway. I mean, not saying that I, I'm a scientist who does science because I'm not. Uh, but, uh, the idea that, uh, that little boogers could just, you know, uh, leap from one person to another, I, I don't know. 
Uh, it, to me, it always felt like the touching things is what passed it on more than anything else. And what I mean by the touching things, remember in the very beginning, uh, when they, uh, when they first started talking about masks and even Dr. Fauci, uh, was out there saying that, you know, the people, we shouldn't be encouraging people to wear the mask because then they touch their faces. Cause for me, I always got the idea in the very beginning that really what was at play is that people were touching their faces and just like when you get a common cold or the flu, that's how it gets passed, right? You put your hand down, you touch something, somebody else touches it. I never really got the idea that the virus flies through the air, little viral parachutes and lands in your lungs and blah, blah, blah. So it was MIT that was kind of saying that, well, you know, maybe the social distancing. And I tell you what, if that's true, and again, the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. If that's true that the social distancing thing was really kind of overplayed, which I believe it was, then that means a lot of businesses that went out of business didn't have to go out of business over the past year of this thing. means a lot of uh, restaurants didn't need to close or didn't need to uh, uh, have the social distancing. Didn't, you know, and, and that part of it kind of ticks me off. But the information and the, the advice on this thing, especially from Dr. Fauci, has been inconsistent since day one. It really, really has. And it's not me just being a jerk or being a hack. It seems like it's changed almost on a weekly basis at times. And Fauci, the great virus expert, has yet to give an actual percentage or number of herd immunity uh, where he would determine, as, as he was asked by Rand Paul uh, a little over a week ago, you know, what's your metric, what's the number for when it's done and people can just go back to their lives. He's never produced that. Again, now he's hanging on the advice of the Center for Disease Control, Centers for Disease Control, on wearing masks out of doors. But I thought he was the top virus guy. What do I know? So we'll see what the CDC has to say. But as I told you at the beginning of the show, the beginning of the show, uh, I got one more shot. I know, and some people gave me some hell about this over the weekend, too, that I I was waiting on that second shot of the virus. I get get crap from people who are antivirus, and I understand that. It's not a lot of crap, but it's there. Had one person tell me that I was operating out of fear. And again, you know, uh, I this is has more to do with my family. I told everybody I wasn't going to start, you know, doing my normal shtick as far as getting out and about till I got the second shot. Then everybody under this roof is vaccinated. And then nobody has to uh, uh, get worked up or worried or whatever uh, if I uh, sashay on up to the hill country or if I just go about my normal business. So two more weeks, uh, and then that's that as far as I'm concerned. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, we need to get back to our lives. Uh, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555, uh, if you want to give me a call about that. Uh, also, now this is one of those rare stories that really kind of makes you smile, and if you want to look it up, uh, I, I saw this on Fox News. It was published yesterday. I, I guess the story's been out for a couple of days longer than that. Uh, but it has to do with a guy in Illinois. And it's just one of those videos that if you really just are having a bummer and you need something to make you smile, uh, check out this story uh, out of Illinois. 
It involves a uh, a guy who uh, John Hinkle, uh, whose dad John Hinkle Sr. He was kind of a bowler, and his his family they they remember bowling as far back as they can as kids living in Peoria. It was a bowling family. My family was a bowling family too. That we uh, my parents are both on leagues. And so John Hinkle Sr. passes away. And John Hinkle Jr. put some of his ashes in the ball in some way. And he, he, bowl, he bowls a game of, uh, he bowls a game. And, and apparently his dad had striven for, did I just say striven? Can you say striven? Did I say that correctly? Striven? He'd striven for a perfect game, which is, well, 12 strikes in a row. His whole life never made it, made it happen. And so after he passes his son, puts some ashes, some of his ashes in the bowling ball, and guess what? The kid bowls a perfect game, 12 strikes in a row, and he bowls with both hands, which is kind of interesting. But if you look up the the, the, the video, it's actually on my page, on my Facebook page. Uh, he, he throws the ball, and when you watch him throw it, it doesn't look like it can possibly be a strike. It goes way over to the left side of the lane. And then in the last third of the alley, kind of just you know curves right into the pocket there, and it's a strike. Everybody goes nuts. He falls to the ground, and his brother comes up and and puts his arm around him. And it's just one of those cool stories that makes you smile. And given that everything, uh, 90% of the time in this world is kind of a bummer, it's nice to have a cool story like that. So check it out. 210-599-5555. Yeah, man, News Talk 550 KTSA FM 107.1. I'm Sean. Kevin lines are open, 210-599-5555. We're always getting new ink around here at my house since we're coming out of the pandemic. You know, my wife's always had a couple of tattoos she wants to get. She's tattoo-free presently, but she has a couple of tattoos she wants to get. My uh, stepdaughter just got a tattoo, a new tattoo, and... Uh, a small one, and uh, I know my my when my daughter comes out, she wants to get a tattoo. I got I want to get her her first tattoo. I like I like getting tattoos. I like getting ink. I really do. There's just something enjoyable about it, and I like the idea of you know you putting stuff that means something to you on your on your body forever. You said they got to be careful. Got What's a that? new tattoo. What's that? You said they got a new tattoo. Oh, not yet. No, they no. They, they can, want to get tattoos. Can you get an old tattoo? Well, they're cheaper, but they look like hell. <laughs> an older tattoo. See how you are. Um, we have a woman, Bree Pritchett, who uh, she's twenty-four. She lives in Sedona. She lives in Arizona. And and I got five tattoos, by the way. Five really crappy tattoos, and I'll tell you about those in a minute. Bree Pritchett, 24, uh, went with her boyfriend and her and her friends to celebrate getting vaccinated last month. And she got the... <laughs> I've never even heard of this crap, but she got the coordinates for Sidonia where she got the vaccine on her shoulder. She got the coordinates. Well, the thing is, when you're dealing with longitude and latitude, right, Chris and Don, you sort of got to get the south and north stuff correct. Kind of throws you off a little. 
And apparently the directions, uh, the coordinates she gave the tattoo artist were wrong. Uh, she, uh, she had written down north instead of south. And so instead of the coordinates uh, saying Sedonia, Arizona, they're some random place out in the middle of the ocean of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> you got to get that stuff right, man. You got to get that. You got to, man. You put it through a spell check. You do whatever you have to do. You got to get your tats right, man. You got to get the, the wording. and the. Remember, I got one. I'm one of those guys that's got a little bit of Japanese on my body. I do. I have a wee bit of Japanese on my shoulder. And I'm fairly certain it means poet. But it could mean, you know. Soup. Soup. <laughs> Octopus. You know. Ugly pig. I, I don't know. Who knows? You know, I, I, I assume it means what I think it means because I looked it up years ago online. I don't really know. I, my tattoos, I mean, I, I've got a couple that I like. I have, Let me see. i got to count them up, Chris. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. I got seven tattoos now. But, they're, you know, you, you hear I got, somebody's got seven tattoos. Don't you think of some dude that's been sleeved and stuff? No, I, I got seven okay tattoos. The ones on my hand, my pandemic tattoos, I, I, I like. They're kind of cool. Although it looks like it was supposed to look all thuggy and stuff. Instead, it looks like somebody wrote on my hand with a Sharpie. Reverend Sean. And there's a wee bit of profanity on the on the left hand there, or the right hand there. And then I got my daughter's name tattooed on my forearm. I got a frog on my shoulder. I got a purple daisy on my, on my back. Those are girlfriend tattoos. And then I got to... Uh, I got another, I got the Japanese, but I, the one thing I, I have, the one that everybody notices, right, is the big sort of weird looking tattoo on my left forearm. And this is why you, you know, I tell my wife before you get a tattoo, you got to research the crap out of the tattoo artist, make sure you're going to a quality place. It's going to do, going to do good art. Make sure it's the design you want. So. On my forearm, originally I'd gotten, uh, I guess, a Celtic knot, you know, because this was 20 years ago. I was all into that stuff for whatever reasons. And uh, I, I, it was part of a radio thing, so I was getting the tattoo for free as long as I did it live on the air and let the guy cut me on the air. And the guy starts doing the tattoo, and it looks like hell. And I had trusted the salesperson with this tattoo uh, place. And I'm talking to the guy, and he's got a mullet. This is Delaware. This is in Delaware. This is in Joe Biden's Delaware, okay? And the guy's doing the, the tattoo, and I'm looking at the outline. It doesn't look anything like what I had picked out. And as I'm interviewing him on the air, I'm like, so where'd you learn? How long have you been tattooing? He's like, oh, about three months. I said, where'd you learn how to tattoo? He said, in prison. Needless to say, the tattoo came out looking like a toxic waste symbol. Well, so, it, you have a prison tattoo. I, I technically I have a prison tattoo. And yes. it's, it's a Celtic knot, N-O-T. <laughs> right, because it's not looking like what I thought it was going to look like. And Celtic is spelled with a K for some reason. It, it's horrible. I tech, I guess yeah. Technically, I got a prison tattoo without having to go, having to go to prison. Mm-hmm. 
And so under threat of physical violence, uh, I had the sales guy, who's still a friend of mine, this is like 20 years later, got me into a tattoo expo where they were able, the only way they could cover it up is by doing this ridiculous thing here, which doesn't mean anything. The big tattoo that everybody notices has absolutely zero freaking meaning. Isn't that the black hole sun? The black hole sun. That's what I should call it. Oh, it's based on the Soundgarden tune, dude. But it's not. You know what this tattoo represents? You know what this tattoo means? It means do your research on your tattoo artist before you go. It means check your map coordinates before you get a tattooed on your body. In other words, oops. Oops. Because once you scarred for life, man, it ain't going nowhere. Uh, the, shortly after I had gotten divorced, I went over to pick up my son, and my ex-wife was complaining about me, the tattoo that she had just gotten. And she wanted two words, one on each shoulder. And the guy got him out of order. He switched him oh, no. up. So, <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, oh, yeah, and he spelled that one wrong. And she's like, what? <laughs> and he spelled it wrong. Ooh, ouch. She didn't even know he had spelled one of the words wrong, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at his <laughs> Excellent. I want to get a generic one. It's just like a white box that says tattoo. <laughs> and like green, so I just, that's all I can afford. Well, just, that's what know. that Japanese one, it's just Japanese for bumper sticker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably would have gotten me in much less trouble had, had it indeed said bumper sticker. All right, 21055. <laughs> that one's been a problematic little booger that had a Japanese on my shoulder. 21055955. The words you never want to hear, like, here you 13-year-old daughter said, Dad, what's the Japanese mean? Um, poet. Means I'm a poet, kiddo. A really good poet. 210 <laughs> It's poet, but it's got four characters. Yeah, I know. They're all poet. It's a, it all means poet. It's poet. 210 Ever get some bad ink? Uh, call us up. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA and now on FM 1071. This is Jamie Markley. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA. I'm Sean. Hi. Gary on line one wants to talk about Army Tats. Gary, how you doing? Hey. I'm all right. How you doing, Sean? Another day in paradise, man. What are you thinking? Amen. Amen. Yeah, no, I, I got my first tattoo when I joined the Army back in 1990. And uh, it's kind of kind of like a prison tat, but it was uh, it was done with a needle and thread in Indian ink. Ooh, Ooh. And, and, yeah, yeah. Ouch. Uh, and and needless to say, I got it covered because uh, that looked like crap. <laughs> and then, there are uh, times where it looks so that. bad you have to get it covered, and I we both <laughs> no, got one of those. Silly, yeah, just silly. But I got a I got it covered in Germany. And you said do research. Well, uh, well, couldn't couldn't do much research there. My first duty station, and I uh, got it covered there with a, a broken, bleeding heart, and uh, that looks like crap too. But I still have it. <laughs> the thing about tattoos is whether they look great or horrible, they become part of you. You know, yeah, and you know, it's, it, uh, it's significant. It is. They each has their story. I mean, yeah. mine are. Let's see. The ones on my hands that I got are for my wife predominantly because it's about the date that we got engaged. And her response, which was something I can't say on the radio, but it's hard on my hand, you can see it. 
I got my daughter's tattoo. But like, let's see, this tattoo, the fr- tree frog. <laughs> yeah, I heard you crown on it. That one, huh? And the Japanese and the stupid daisy on my back are all other women tattoos. I mean, they're all girlfriend tattoos. Which you know. Yeah, you ought to get the women on the <laughs> on the line that uh, they got tattoos for their boyfriends, and then now they're married to not the boyfriend. Well, yeah, like there's a chick out there in New Jersey who's got a purple daisy on her on her back, and <laughs> her old man's got to look at it. Anyway, um, <laughs> I got I got a couple like that. If they're if they're from behind, they're looking at my initials. <laughs> crazy. Isn't that terrible. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks I for the call, man. Often. Just got to look at that stupid daisy. I was so in love. We actually had uh, we 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 got uh, purple daisy. I don't know why we settled on the purple daisy thing. Okay, Chris, this was the mid nineties, but uh, we each got little purple daisies we put in the <laughs> in the corner of our back windshield on our car. On our cars, so we could also, also, you know, recognize each other driving around. There's my flower. And then we got them tattooed on our bodies. I'm so ashamed. Not really. I never have to look at it. Besides, the older I get, I think it's predominantly covered up by hair at this point. So no worries. No worries. So then afterwards, she knew which car to tailgate on the highway? Uh, afterwards, she knew which car to, like, avoid. <laughs> tailgate. No, she never went psycho on me. A couple of the others did. No, I think she probably because this is this is when I lived in Maryland. It was in the small town, so she probably used the 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 tattoo sticker on my car to avoid me at that point. <laughs> but I am I am just the illustrated. I am Ray Bat- Bradbury's illustrated man of bad relationships. I can just can touch one and say, "Oh, let me tell you about that one." At what temperature do <sighs> tattoos burn? <laughs> I'm waiting for my wife to like. Have an ironing accident while I'm, while I'm sleeping or something. You're like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Sean. I, the iron, it just slipped out of my hand and landed on your daisy tattoo. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I know she'd like to just peel them off with a, with a switchblade if she could. <laughs> Never get their names, though. I didn't get their names. No, I mean, what I mean is I knew their names. I'm just saying I didn't never get a person's name put on your body. That's something that an old biker chick told me many, 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 many years ago. Uh, my first tattoo is this, uh, since we're talking tats, uh, is a, a frog prince uh, that I got. Uh, it was sort of an around-the-corner tattoo for a girlfriend, but I didn't get it until we broke up because she hated tattoos and you know, would always scream at me when I talk about getting a tattoo. So the instant we break up, what do I do? I go get a tattoo. Are you hoping to win her back? No. Her tattoo? No, I'm like, I'm never going back there again. And so, <laughs> well, she used to call me her crown, her, her what is it, uh, frog prince? Mm-hmm. Well, someday you'll be a real prince, but now you're just my frog prince. So I got that out of spite. But the problem is... <laughs> The night before, and I learned my lesson on the first tattoo. The night before, I know this may sh- shock some of you, but I, I was, you know, 22, 23. I got really drunk. I, I just, I got really drunk. <laughs> I, I know a lot of you are surprised wow. by that, but didn't see that coming. <laughs> couldn't see that coming. Never ever drink the day before you get a tattoo, and I learned this the hard way because it makes it harder 
because your blood's thin for the ink to get into your skin and stay there. So the frog prince looks like hell and all it has. But, you know, you live and learn. <laughs> the frog prince that's melting. What a strange and stupid life. I, it looks well, like and a then toad. The, 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 what's that? So it looks like, it looks like a toad. <laughs> it does look like kind of a, more of a toad prince. <laughs> and then, uh, actually the same guy who did the screwed up tattoo on my forearm tried to revamp the f- tree frog until he screwed it up because the guy can't draw. Right. Whenever you get a tattoo artist, it's really important to make sure that they know how to draw. You need That's to see all. a sample of their work. You just need you... to know that they know how to draw because, uh, if you get a tattoo artist who doesn't know how to draw, well, you end up with one of these. So, you know, there you go. Right. Examining some of his former prison buddies to see his work. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the tree frog, uh, the frog prince, is actually technically a, a prison tattoo as well yeah, because yeah. the same guy, you know, went over it. Is it Michigan J frog or is it just a generic frog? It's a tree frog with a little oh. crown on it. Okay. It's my first tattoo. I'm not proud. It was a long time ago, and I was young and foolish. <laughs> Was <laughs> yeah. no, no, no longer I'm old and no, I'm old and fool, old and foolish. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. <laughs> we just spent 15 minutes talking about tattoos, but hey, it's stinking Monday, ones, man. Bad ones at that. Bad tat. I don't really have any cool looking tat. I mean, I think the one on my hand looks pretty cool. And my favorite one is my daughter. My, my the tattoo of my daughter's uh, name on my forearm. Eh, the rest of them look like crap, but you know. <laughs> they just get under your skin? <laughs> they just get under your skin. And there's no amount of lotion that'll make them look better. Um, all right, Monday's over. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That'll be your next answer. Thank, Monday's thank you, over. Thank you, Monday's over. All right, thank you, Chris. Thanks a lot to Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, uh, Mr. Don Morgan, and my good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.